happier place to be. I won't cry miracle. Maple syrup is the best. It's so yeah. good. Be present with me and love me. I won't cry wow. 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 When they started doing this weird hello. And also mind how you think, how you uh, how you treat people, you know, keep your stress in order, then it will turn around virtually everything that we every disease that we've seen. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are gonna be chatting with the one and only Foster Gamble a little bit later. Of course, they, uh, him and his wife, Kimberly, made Thrive and Thrive 2 now. Thrive 2 just came out. I've seen most of it. Graham's seen all of it. And from what I've seen, it's good. I heard the last half is even better. And the chat with Foster was fabulous. We got into free energy and all sorts of other fun stuff. <clears throat> um, yeah, Foster seemed like a real cool cat. If we're ever allowed to do stuff again, which we might be doing some soft trial on November 2nd, which may not last long. But it looks like the ability to leave... Alberta, at least, without extended quarantine, could open back up next month. With rapid testing? Rapid testing. Boy. We'll have to Anyways. see how rapid, rapid testing, yeah, rapid, rapid is. Let's wait and see what that is. And if a bunch of people start getting false positives, and fucking, that's what my biggest concern is. Right. I want to see what the positive test rate of people coming back is. Because I don't trust the test, and it's if it's a problem, I don't want to get stuck roped into this whole thingamajig anyway that's what i'm hoping maybe we can go down to texas or mexico or anything at this point i just you want to get out of here i eh? just yeah you know what i didn't realize how much really like traveling well yeah i'm in a different spot like I've, i've gone on real fucking legit road trips every year for the last or multiple road trips a year every year for the last like Four or five years, it seems like now, and now all of a sudden, church, there's no place to go. I could ha- head east, I guess. I mean, it's weird time of year to be heading east, so, and then it's going to be winter. Yeah, it's pretty risky traveling anywhere long yeah, run in like, the winter during Canada, especially if you're driving. Storms and roads, and you know, yeah. when you get there and it's freezing cold anyway, you can't really do much. It really yeah. minimizes yeah. the ability to enjoy the weather. Doesn't get Chinooky there either. It just gets fucking cold, and now it's just cold for months and months and months. I remember that shit. And it'd be nice to just go down to the states, go to the ocean. How's Vancouver Island in the winter? It's pretty drab. Could drab. be totally socked in and raining quite a bit. A little bit of snow here and there. Not too much snow though. But that'd be a good place to go. Oh, yeah. zero. Uh, for the most part. Hmm. Anyway, I mean, I'm I'm still hoping it's going to warm up here for a little while, a little bit yet. Yeah. But we got a healthy chunk of snow on the yard right now, and it's pretty cold out. <laughs> it was minus 20 last night, six inches of snow. Anyway, Graham, uh, I better not, Dunlop. 
different time and he could get away without what I was going to say. <laughs> this was a this was a great show. This was, was great. With I mean, honestly, Thrive too. Like I'm just going to say it. I say it a lot when Foster's on, but this is the the movie to get people for Christmas, get your friends and family together, watch it together, just gift it to people, send it out because it really is a good overview of what's going on in a non political, nonpartisan, non-polarizing way. You know, talks about the free energy, the the healing, cymatics, and the whole uni- uh, the whole unified field with Nassim and all that. And then it gets into a little bit of so- personal sovereignty and freedom. And, you know, I think it's yeah. really important for people. Totally. Yeah, it's a good one, and it's easy to digest. It's very well produced. They got all the, like, graphics and stuff to help you visualize stuff that, you know, most of the stuff, you can Google and YouTube stuff, and you'll get, you know, some <clears throat> breakdowns of some of this stuff, but, like, they really went all out on the animations or whatever you would call those that to help you picture the whatever that. CGI? Yeah, the CGI to see the different, what do you call that fucking twirling thing again? The twirling thing? Yeah. The Taurus? The Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had a different name, more complicated than that. Toroidal. Toroidal something or other. Yeah. But you're thinking about Nassim's shape of structure yeah. of the universe. You're thinking of that. That's one part of yeah. it. Yeah. Which kind of carries throughout the movie. Yeah. The parts that I seen anyway was taking that unified field kind of through everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's fabulous. It's worth the well worth the price of rent. Actually, I wish I would have bought it instead of rented it. Yeah. That was a bad decision in the yeah. end. Did you yeah, rent it's it as well? Uh, I just rented it, yeah. yeah but yeah. Should have bought it. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Because really, you, this is the type of thing you might want to go back and watch. Totally. It's a good one to have on the shelf. Yeah. 100%. If you haven't seen Thrive One, uh, I'm sure you could find that for free someplace. And then that would be a nice primer for you to get into Thrive Two. But it's a great chat. I was actually floored to find out that Foster uh, had a little bit of an idea what the fuck we were doing over here. Yep. It's always weird to find out that some of the people you've been watching for years might be looking back sometimes. Isn't that creepy? Yeah, well, it's because we've had a lot of guys on from the Residence Foundation and, and uh, you know, Nassim and Marshall and Adam. We, we've been kind of circling that camp for a while. Yeah. Getting in there with these, some different people. It'd be fine, like I was saying, it might be nice to get a couple of those guys back and start doing like some uh, multiple guests with a few of those guys so they yeah. can start bouncing ideas off of each other. It's really something I'd like to learn more about. If I had more time, I'd be taking the courses, getting a little bit deeper into it. The courses. I forgot Nassim had his course up for free, right? Yeah. You haven't done any of it? Yeah, I did. I went through the first couple. Uh, I mean, I didn't go through the courses, but I watched all the videos on it and all that. It was good? Yep. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Where so do you want to go from here, buddy? Do you want to jump into the ethnicities right away? Ethnicities? Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> that comes that, off as a little... <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's I mean, called? Is it, our, is it a, just our sorry, DNA? Like, I was looking at the DNA thing when the ethnicities was popped up. Okay. I mean, I got to say, the DNA thing is mostly... Disappointing? 
a little disappointing, but it's mostly about the ethnicities because I didn't, I, I opted out of and I didn't want to pay for A and I don't really want to know about a bunch of diseases I might be susceptible to because I'm a firm believer of the placebos and the nocebos and all that stuff and I'd just rather not play around with it. <clears throat> Well, let's give some people some background. You you sent our DNA sample off to get it analyzed, mm-hmm. despite warnings from everybody not everybody, to do that. Despite everybody's best judgment. But you're like, well, they know everything about us anyway, so what the hell? And I use pseudonyms. That's why I didn't know it was mine when it came <laughs> yeah. back. I thought, why are you sending me Bob and Doug McKenzie's DNA? <laughs> right, I forgot all about that. So you actually thought that I had dug up. Bob and Doug McKenzie's DNA somehow and sent it to you. Yeah. Completely Well, because forgetting. it was flurry, because we had talked about flurry re- right the night before you sent that. Yes. We were talking about Theo flurry. Because it turns out so, you might be related to Theo flurry. Well, I don't know about that, but I guess flurry is in our family name, right? But I, I don't know. I don't see McKenzie. See, this is why it screwed me up, Darren. McKenzie is in my history, like my dad's family. So I thought you were sending me, I thought at first that Mackenzie Bob, that was related to Bob and Doug McKenzie because <laughs> they were in there. So I thought, is Bob and Doug McKenzie part of my, our family? <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real name. Okay. I got uh, the perfect jingle to bring us into this. So big shout out to Graham's Cavs. Oh, I'm pretty ripped. <laughs> you look so dejected. You don't like that jingle? That's one of my favorites. All-time favorites. I sent someone, someone wanted a jingle as a ringtone. Yeah, I did you sent, send that? I sent that out to Is him. that the one that was? No. Which one was no, that? No, that was, do you want to play that one too? I sure, find play that. Yeah. That's the, um, the, of course I cracked the iPad, which has set back the jingles. I haven't brought it in to get an estimate yet. I know how much it cost to fix my phone the last time I brought that in. It's the social bingle bangle, social media jangle. Which yeah, this one. Bingo, bango, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America. Remember that one? Yep. All right. So I got us up. I got the right. DNA site up. I got you. Of course, you are Doug McKenzie. Of course, I suppose if the government listens to this podcast and they'll be able two to put two, two together, into the air. they might figure out our DNA. But I, I think I should. This should be good. And it's really messed up our family trees. So if there's like a long, long cousin, they're not going to be. Oh my God! There's Graham because they have no idea. Maybe they'll do it Doug again McKenzie. properly one day. Mm, I wouldn't. Okay. So you want to get into your ethnicities? What's this intro? It says play intro. Should I do that? What? It says play intro. What says play intro? Said that right underneath the thing. Ready to explore Doug's ethnicity. Let's go. All right. Doug. Doug is 71.9% English. What is this? What is this? Just playing a little thing. <laughs> 14.1%. Okay, you gotta turn that down. Can you do it without the crazy music? Irish, oh, is Scottish, it playing? and Welsh. 14% Irish, Scottish, 6. and Welsh? 6.8% Eastern European. Eastern European. 
Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 5.2% Scandinavia. Oh, see, yeah. Is that the Viking I, I heard for? that they took Scandinavian out of there. I just heard they took it Finnish. out of there. So I'm 5% Scandinavian and 2% Finnish? Really? To I. Yeah, that's it. So the roundup is 71.9% English, 14.1% Irish, Scottish, and Welsh, which I would argue is also English. It's all part of the UK, yeah. Which would bring you in at like 85% UK. That's what, kind of what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. 6.8% Eastern European. Yeah. 5.2% Scandinavian and 2% Finnish. We'll break that down. I thought Finnish was Scandinavian. That's kind of weird. So it's just Norway, Sweden, Scandinavian, and Finnish is different? Yes. I always thought they were, all three of them were Scandinavian. And they don't really, you like all So I got like 7% Viking. Yeah. I thought you said I had no Viking in me. Well, I was just teasing. Here, this is a little. So it really there. does come from. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. So that I'll makes sense. Yeah, info. that kind of figured that. I kind of figured that. Yep. And then one of your. It's uh, funny because that's what that part of history right now is totally resonating with me. When you, it's got a cousin here, one first cousin once removed, or a second cousin. I don't want to say any names, but you'll be able to log in, poke around, see if you see any names. But Flurry is there. Flurry's there, huh? Unless that was one of mine. Flurry and Indian, I forget. Yeah, he's partly, yep. And then there's tools, but you can't do anything in tools because I don't think we paid for any of that. All right. Okay, do yours then. Mine? Okay, I got to switch people here. We got to go uh, Bob McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it thinks we're brothers, which is good. All right, DNA. Bob McKenzie. Ready? Should I play the music again? It'll play different music now, depending on your play, heritage? It or? might play different music. I don't know for sure, though. We'll see. All right. Bob, ready to explore your ethnicity? Let's go. Buckle up, folks. Bob, you are 29% North and West European. 22.3% Mesoamerican and Andean. What? You're all over the place already. 19.4% Scandinavian. What? 18.4% Baltic. No. How did you get <laughs> Isn't such <that> crazy? 10.9% <laughs> four more ethnicities. What does that mean? That, is that your Native American ethnicity in there, in that four of them? So we got North and West Europe, 48.4%. That's including the Scandinavian. So North and West European, 29%. Scandinavian, 19.4%. Baltic, 18.4%. Ashkenazi Jewish, 1.9%. Uh, that's where your intelligence comes from, obviously. Central and South America, Mesoamerican and Andean, 22.3%. Native American, 2.7%. That's it? A Central Asian, 3.7%. And Inuit, 2.6%. Oh my God, you're all over the place. How does that happen? I don't know. I would say like the Central You've got every South continent America. covered. Yeah, just about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got... One, two, three out of four continents covered for sure, and we're dipping into Asia, so four continents. Wow. Yeah. 
So I think like the, I, I think probably the like South American and that is all sort of built into the Indian. No, I don't think so. I think they can't like. Mesoamerican and Andean? Yeah, no. I think you go far enough back. Uh, well, yeah, but you've got Native American in there as well. So they've separated that out. Yeah. So your ancestors must have come from all over Asia, the Baltic, before Scandinavian, Western, Northern Europe, came, came over Native here, American. came over here and then mixed with the natives and the mesos. Yeah. Wow. Before they became the Ojibwe? I, I don't know. I mean, how far back? It's, it'd be interesting to know how far back that goes. It'd be cool to see it visually. It'd be interesting you know. to get someone right from the reservation and see how that compares. Yeah. Because I'm like a generation removed. Because the Finnish, the Findians, the Finnish came over way back and mixed up with the Indians in the Ojibwe's, I think. Right? Findians? Yeah. Are you allowed to say that? I just did. <laughs> so that's really all we got. That's yeah. all it really tells us. Yeah. And a bunch of weird matches, which I haven't looked at further. I'm not really into that. I don't think. Maybe I am. Yet, yeah, maybe wait till your girls are older, then you'll want to know that. They might want to know. I might want to find weird uncles and cousins. Let's see if this works this time. Get out a pen and paper and write this down. Or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica Show? At P.O. Box 16033. Next line. Uh-huh. 100-815, comma, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Uh-huh. Calgary, Alberta. Next line. Uh-huh. Canada. Next line. Uh-huh. T2T space 5H7. That's the P.O. Box. Why don't you send Darren some dirty socks? Because he's got a dirty sock fetish. Uh-huh. Why don't you send Graham some gold bullion? We got silver bullion, but we've never actually got gold bullion, have we? Oh my God, these are this is amazing what Isn't we got it? in the mail. Isn't it cool? cool. So who who did so this no come from? No note or nothing. No note, just a whole whack of uh, stickers and cards and amazing artwork. It's our marks. Are these all stickers? <clears throat> I think it's this came from marks. www.marksmarks.com. That's with an X. M A R X M A R X dot com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But it's amazing artwork. I mean, I got Isn't a thoth. Something? I got a thoth card that looks incredible, and I got a. There's a bunch of playing cards, like special playing cards, and there's like a a blue genie with a guitar. There's some cool stickers. There's another bug, like a, what do you call that, uh, that bug from Egypt, Darren, that, uh, our marks with with a guitar. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So thanks for sending that to the PO box. Stuff's taking a little longer nowadays getting there, but, uh, we really appreciate all the art. Yeah. Liberty, Liberty coin sticker. Our marks. Fine illustration and web graphics. He's got a bunch of stuff on his web stuff. So here is email addresses on there if you want to order anything. He's got his MySpace up there. Bunch of cool, cool stuff. He sent us uh, custom cards, custom greeting cards, which are pretty amazing. I got a lion. Did you also get a lion? I got a moon. 
Ooh. And then I got the Ace of Skulls. It'd be cool to have a whole deck of these as the cards. I wonder if I can get a whole deck of these. Yeah, Justin, the uh, 14 Mindset collects cards, too. So I'd love to get him a pack of these playing yeah, cards I'd as a gift. For, I'd pay for a set of these playing yeah. cards for sure. Yeah, They're I'll go there and get, like, yeah. Mine says, mine's an Ace of Spades or Ace of Mushrooms, and it says, who are you? Ace of Mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to, I really want to look and see if I can find that deck of cards. Uh, I got a Thoth card. Yeah, me too. I don't know what that is. It looks like just like a card of some sort. Is that for a game or something? I don't think. I don't know. I don't think so. But it's uh, about Thoth Hermes hit Trismegistus in there. And a, the Liberty Coin's a sticker, I think, right? Yeah. And then this is a sticker. This like crazy sacred geometry thing here. I think it matches up. This is a sticker. The Wolfman with the flower. Wow, this stuff's super cool, man. Well done, R Marks. That's M A R X M A R X dot com. That's always a good way to guess uh that's how you sneak in advertising on us. You send us cool stuff that we open and it's amazing on the show. Yep. I'll stick these stickers on stuff. It'll be fantastic. Thank you very much, R. Uh I'll go back down to the P.O. box again this week because it looks like we're we're missing some stuff actually. Some stuff is, uh, because shit, I think, what's his name, sent that stuff from Florida a while back. Yeah, I'm waiting for some zinc from MD Logic, too, I think. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. That's what, uh, yeah, that was after already, had already sent one package, hadn't he? Uh, I don't know. All right, let me find the, uh, what's it called quick here? Are you doing an oppo this week? Yeah, I got a, I got one, just a, a quick one to do, because it's kind of timely. We've already done it, but I'm going to repeat it. It's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week. Can you guess the human who spoke it or wrote it down? So this seems very applicable. This is from The Octopus of Global Control, our favorite book, the book that lives in the studio from Charlie Robinson. And it's in the chapter, How Deep Is Your State? And it seems very applicable these days. Today, the path to total dictatorship in the U.S. can be laid by strictly legal means. We have a well-organized political action group in this country determined to destroy our constitution and establish a one-party state. It operates secretly, silently, continuously to transform our government. This ruthless, power-seeking elite is a disease of our country. This group is answerable neither to the president, the Congress, nor the courts. It is practically irremovable. That's from 1954. Ooh, Dwight Eisenhower? No. Close. William Jenner, former senator. I wonder if he's related to Bruce... Hey, oh, sorry, like Caitlin. Caitlin? I'm going to play some uh, burnt toast on the show today. Oh, nice. I'm play That's that a good song idea. As the outro, yeah. Someone sent us that record like six, seven years ago. It was one of the first things we ever got in the mail. Yeah. Some listener in the UK that was also a record producer. That was the first record he ever produced. He is not burnt toast. He is the person who produced the album. 
<laughs> Kids have knocked something over upstairs. So you want me to do the uh, operation? What do you want to do? Beg for money or do the operation? It, oh, well, yeah. Beg, why don't you beg for some money this week? No, you, you got the round down. You should do what? it. Oh, Please support the show. <laughs> America.ca slash support. Seriously, though, guys, if you're getting any value from the 460-some shows or 455, whatever we're at, shows, podcasts, all a couple hours long, fantastic interviews with some of the greatest minds, all free. If those have add, are adding some value to your week, along with the other things that might add value to your week, like cups of coffee or bags of chips or fast food, whatever that might be, you know, where does the Grand America show measure up? When you're striking up the things that are filling in your work day and what's it worth to you, is it worth a buck, a buck a week, two bucks a week, buck a month, two bucks a month, five bucks a month, head over to grandamerica.ca slash support and decide because, you know, it's not really a free show. It's a value for value show. We make the show for free and give it out for free on the hope that people can, when they can, if they can support the show on a monthly or one-time basis. And that's how we keep things float here. Well, and it helps because you buy it. Like I was thinking about that, the thing to the PO box and was going to say, like you said, we don't do any ads and all that. I mean, there is no, you know, there's no sponsorship or ads in here. You don't have to fast forward it through any of that bullshit. And this stuff's cool, but you can't pay the rent with stickers. No. And you just bought a bunch of new cords and I'm using my old mic now because the other mic seems to be burning out after a while. So this mic, but this mic not, might not be working either. We're going to test it for a week. That's why I sound different right now. Could be a mix. But problem. you know, you got uh, you know, we're trying to to re record everything now as well, so that we can sound better when we're on other shows because that's a problem we're having right now too. So, yeah, a bunch of things like that. We're constantly trying to improve. We're constantly trying to grow. We're trying to you know be ready to f- to well to do all the everything against censorship. Well, if we have yeah, to jump everything to our own servers. It's going to cost a fortune. Yeah, there's people talking about that in the chats too. They're the ready servers to... already costing a ton of money, and that's without all that stuff on us. You know, it's when the website started at like five dollars a month, then it was ten dollars a month, now it's a hundred dollars a month. What about the server too? Because the chats that is are a server. Oh, okay, yeah. Because the people are talking about Discord's been taking chats down it's like now. Like and... twenty bucks between the two servers that that have the that have the ability to host the chats and all the websites. There's a huge purge on YouTube Audio. as well. Like, I mean, this is the problem right now. Like, the truth is being censored, and you know the lies are being pushed. And I'm not saying actually... we know the truth all the time, or we ha- we have it, but you can sure tell what's what the what the lies are. So you know, help help out your favorite independent YouTuber or podcaster. Or... Yeah, and it doesn't have to be, if you don't have the money, you can always, like, there's a ton of other ways to help. Like, I know I, another shout-out to I, helps us with a ton of back-end stuff, like, uh, you know, the chats, and Ryan from Kansas helping out with the chats. But the other thing we got... Adam, Adam Loyal doing the newsletter. Yeah, Adam doing the newsletter, ton of stuff. But another thing that helps is, like, just having a copy of the show on hand in case they ever torch everything. Like, we got a couple people all over the world that have all the episodes downloaded, so if we ever get torched, they can re-upload them or do something with them. It's always good to have different little things all around the world. as caches, you know, if you've got a hard drive or you got space or you got an extra couple gig- gigabytes to store all the shows and, you know, re-upload those things to different places. You find some weird place the Grand America show should be, you know, don't be afraid to enter our RSS feed there or upload the show there or whatever. That's the other beauty about our value-for-value value model is we don't care where you send the show or play the show or whatever. We don't care because, you know, whoever listens to it will hear this little rant of us asking for money and hopefully head to that URL and send us some support. 
American yeah. Society support. And that gives you access to the black budget automatically as well, which is a bunch of audio books in there that we're getting ready to get out and uh, some other old, older shows, extra content. But you don't need to, to donate to get that. You can just email in and we'll give you that link too. But the donation does give any donation, any one time, any, any uh, subscription donation gets you access to that. Totally. So I got a quick uh, operation project for you, which is relevant to these days. We've talked about it a long time ago, but it's time to bring it up again. Is it? Yeah. Of a civic duty? Yeah. All right. I'm excited. Because the conspiracy theorists are going nuts about this right now. There's an election and... Uh, That's why. One year this to was the brought election. Up. This year was brought to up. the election. This was brought up in a debate. I don't mean that election. I mean the Chestermere election. Oh, yeah? The real election that well, matters to us. Yeah. You and I. Let's go to... Let's start going to the town council and watch, seeing what's, what's going on. Okay. Let's rough one of them up. Dish fire. Prism. Sentry Eagle. Sigma. Mannerkin. Artichoke. MK Ultra. This is my favorite jingle. Operation Project. This is like the perfect jingle. jingle Okay. So this was brought up. The other day in the debates, so I don't want to get into the political aspect. Did you watch the debates? No, okay. But Jesus I heard about Christ. it. Dark I winter. Use this far gone. Dark winter. Somebody said it's going to be a dark winter, and then I've been saying that. Well, it was an operation well, back in two thousand one. Oh. Do you remember that? That's going to be cold. It was the code name for a senior level bioterrorist attack simulation conducted from June twenty second, twenty third, in two thousand one. You remember that? It was designed to carry out a mock version of a covert and widespread smallpox attack, smallpox attack on the United States. So it was uh, John Hopkins, Center for Civilian Biodefense Strategies, Center for Strategic International Studies. Uh, it was focused on evaluating the inadequacies of a natural, national emergency response during the use of a biological weapon against the American populace. The exercise was solely, and there's a citation needed. <laughs> this is from Wikipedia. That's why I was asking him when <laughs> this got changed, because I wouldn't be surprised if this got sanitized in the last couple days since they changed the dictionary. Did you hear about that? They changed the dictionary definition of some words after the after uh, something popped up there. Oh, After, after the, the Western government started becoming... You know, apparently fascist. After the the Supreme Court uh, hearings, oh, they no. changed the definition of the dictionary right away. That's not new. <laughs> That's not new. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, it involved. Uh, so it was to test the inadequacies of the national emergency response during a bioweapon attack against the populace. It was intended to establish preventative measures and response strategies and in increasing by increasing government and public awareness of the magnitude and potential of such a threat posed by biological weapons. So it was uh, simulated to be in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Georgia, Pennsylvania. It was designed to spiral out of control, and this would create a contingency in which the NSC struggles to determine both the origin of the attack as well as dealing with containing the spreading of it. And then there was a bunch of findings. It's super long. I'm not going to read it. But just for people that, you know, it was a simulation that happened back in 2001. People really like to talk about it 
as far as this is concerned, because people think that this was made in the Wuhan lab. Whitney Webb's got a really uh, interesting article about it. I'm going to link to that because she talks about how this kind of started happening in April when News Sky News Australia was muddying the waters with a story entitled Evidence Mounts uh, COVID-19 came from a lab. Uh, quite a bit of stuff in here. Very interesting, but I don't know if it means anything. I mean, they got to do these simulations at some point, but. Totally. Simulations? Yeah. The operations? Are they simulations? Is that the word for them? Yeah. Is it? You're simulating an event, right? Is this a sticker? Her boobs out. Yeah, I know. It's a, don't, this is a radio show. People can't see that. It's the statue, it's, a, it's Lady Liberty with her boobs out, right? I'm thinking, I was it? thinking about putting it on the back of my truck, but I'm not sure it's appropriate. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to link to these in the show notes. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but it is a thing. It's a Operation thing. Dark Winter. Operation Dark Winter. So why Biden would say that just to get everybody riled up is, you know, or maybe he's signaling to something. Who knows? But there's enough speculation out there that I, I do think this was created in the lab anyway, so we'll the see what happens. He's a dope. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Why don't you come on the big elk hunt next month? Maybe. It's guaranteed. I mean, you could come out hunting any time and do some walking, a lot of walking. But you just need some, like that. need some help hoofing the big. That would definitely be some moving meat around happening in those couple of days. Well, you're doing it on, a, you're do doing it on like the, the Air Force Base, too, yeah, right? Yeah, and you get to go on the base. I'm thinking we'll get a little Airbnb in Medicine Hat for a night or two, go out. If it's cool, if the weather's right, I might shoot too. Can you do that? I think they want you to shoot as many as you want. That's really? what the Indians out wow. there. Because they start to get in the way of all the operations and they wow. get killed anyway. Wow. But I don't know. We'll see. One's enough work. But then it's like, one's enough work. Probably 300 pounds of meat, depending yeah. how big. Wow. Two small ones, maybe, instead. Hmm. Tastes a little better. Really? Anyway, uh, yes. So far, my experience, the younger the animal, the better it tastes. Not like baby, but like... You know, two, three instead of seven, eight. When they get older, I think they start to get a little tougher. Like, you'd be tough. You wouldn't be great eating. A little disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy the chat. The fabulous Foster Gamble. Foster Gamble with us tonight. He and Kimberly made the amazing, groundbreaking Thrive documentary, What on Earth Will It Take? And that was back in 2011. 
And Darren and I have been, you know, wanting to talk to him ever since then because that was quite a quite an eye-opening documentary. And we just watched Thrive 2, This Is What It Takes. Uh, so we're here with Foster to talk about that and maybe his journey towards uh, making this excellent uh, sequel. So welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank you. It's good to be on with you guys. I've been looking forward to this. Awesome. Yeah, we've been looking forward to talking to you for years, too, and uh, it's finally happened. Yeah, I would have to say Thrive is up there with probably, you know, one of those weird sort of reasons we started the show. Because yep. I'm, I'm, sur- I'm certain I seen Thrive before we were podcasting. Yes, it was 20, it was 20, like about a year or two before we started yeah. this. Yep. Yep. That's good to hear because uh, one of the reasons why I was eager to come on is that uh, I love the way you guys talk with people like Nassim and Del Bigtree and Adam Apollo and these people and do really serious topics, but you do them in a light, humorous way that really makes it user-friendly. Yeah, we try to do that. I mean, we, it's, we try to be open-minded and, and, uh, and sort of lighthearted about it because it is, it is, I mean, if we didn't, it would be really depressing talking about a lot of stuff. It kind of lets people get their guard down a little bit and then, you know, maybe something they weren't quite so, so because we hear all the time that people, it takes people a couple of tries, you know, they, they listen and oh, they shut it off, but then, you know, they come back and, and I think, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're not having fun, what's the point? Exactly. Now, Kimberly and I say the same thing. If, if we're talking, if we got movies called Thrive and we're not thriving, people are not going to be paying much attention to what we have to say. Exactly. And like we were saying before we started recording, and I might as well say it now, I mean, the the second one was amazing, and I really liked the way you guys distilled all that information, complex, some of it, and and into something that we can all understand. I mean, my girlfriend was watching, she said she was amazed. She was just stuck to it because I was like, just start watching it with me and we'll see how it goes. And she wanted to keep watching it because she's like, this is the stuff that you and Darren talk about all the time, but I'm understanding it now. So something about the way you guys presented it, it was distilled down that, that people can just really grasp what's, what's happening on a bigger picture level. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to passing that on to Kimberly because she's not only my beloved and creative partner, but uh, she's also our producer, co-director, and co-writer. And she's the one, particularly on the visual effects, on the science part of it, that you know, Nassim and Marshall and I and the visual effects people will be doing all this stuff. And then we bring it to her when we think we got it ready. And sometimes she'll look at it and she'll say, well, guys, it's really beautiful, but I don't know what the heck you're talking about. So it's like, oh, my God, I'm hearing the cash registers in my in my head. And it's like back to the drawing board for a few more weeks. Um, but when she says, OK, now I understand it, uh, then, then I think that's one of the reasons why Thrive One was so popular with people is that she's really good at getting that translation to people who aren't geeking out on cosmic geometry all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I am interested in your expect, I mean, you do address it a little bit in thrive Two about your journey from thrive one to thrive two. And the good thing is you document a lot of that, but just from a personal level, were you guys, I mean, it was a, it was groundbreaking. I mean, it went all over the world. I mean, were you expecting that? What was the response like? Like, how did that feel for you guys? Because it must have been a little overwhelming. It was such a pleasant shocker <laughs> because uh, I used to joke with Kimberly that as we were completing the movie, we had no idea how people would respond. We said, it, you know, this might go in a time capsule. Yeah. We might broadcast this out in some other planet 
at some other time might find it useful or something, but have no idea whether humanity is going to be interested in this or not. Because everybody told us, no, just pick one topic and go into depth on that. And he said, well, other people are doing that really well. Our job is to connect the dots and to do it with you know beautiful visual effects. So we did, and we were just astounded that it went viral even before it premiered. You know, the 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 trailer came out and we had the opening day and there were over 2000 house parties uh, around the world the, the opening night. So people had invited their friends in to see this thing and they hadn't even seen it themselves. All they'd seen was the trailer. So clearly we we touched into a pulse uh, and in analyzing it after we realized, first of all, that people really want to know what's going on because they're sensing that it's dangerous. And if they don't know, it's, it's going to be a problem. And secondly, they want enough information uh, that makes sense that they can then take action that actually has some hope of uh, of being effective. And then if it's if it's conveyed in a beautiful way that has a reverence for nature, uh, it just helps people to trust us to to get the deeper information, whether it's a unified field or the you know conspiracy for global domination. Uh, if they know that our 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 transmission vehicle is beauty in what we say and what we show that that has also really helped. So the thing took off and has never stopped. It's still being seen by over a million people a month, nine years later. Wow. And um, so the, the two biggest, most pleasant surprises for us was first of all, that, that we track, we did 400 appearances uh, either, you know, on the, online or in uh, theaters or different conference venues and so forth. And everywhere we went, uh, there was some sort of Thrive Inspired Solutions group that had created itself and was was taking action on a number of issues, either locally or uh, globally through uh, virtual media. And so what we did was we created a solutions hub on our website where these groups could connect with each other and share best practices and funding strategies and all this stuff. And uh, now there's over 1,100 groups around the world. And we're, we're about to bring out in the next few weeks our updated solutions, our solutions hub that's going to be in 40 languages and, um, and will allow people who are taking on these issues to coordinate with other ones and not all having to be recreating the wheel all over the world. So that was number one super exciting surprise. And number two we depict in uh, in Thrive 2 is that we were contacted by over a thousand innovators from more than 90 countries around the world. And uh, we just started, you know, reading business plans and vetting technologies and so forth. And of course, not all of them are what they say they're going to be. In fact, over 90% of them aren't what they say they're going to be. But that still leaves a lot out of a thousand. So that's what when when we started traveling around and seeing the these cures for cancer and free energy devices and what the shamans were doing and that what the ethical philosophers were doing, and then finally realizing, oh wow, they're all talking the same language. They're all talking about techniques for understanding and accessing the geometry and resonance of the unified field. So that's when Kimberly and I finally just sat down and said, okay, we're seeing so much good news. We have to bite the bullet and make another feature film because we never thought we would do that again. And when when did you decide that? That was uh, almost exactly a thousand days ago. We wow. were down 
Costa Rica leading a workshop. And we were sharing a lot of what we were finding with people. And they were coming up after the a day's session and saying, my goodness, I finally feel proud to be human again. Or I finally see some light at the end of the tunnel. And that's when we realized, okay, we, we're seeing such good news. And most people are seeing only such bad news that we really need to counterbalance that and get all this these great insights out to the world. So for, I mean, there can't be at a million people a month. I'd imagine most of our audience has, has, has seen, you know, the first movie and will probably plan to see the second one, but can you kind of take us through for the people who haven't, how that first thrive sort of came to be. And I mean, you sort of talked about what a surprise the reception was, but what kind what, what triggered that original thrive movie? I mean, coming from, you know, you didn't need to make the movie to make a living. Uh, you know, right. it was just sort of a pet project. I wouldn't mind hearing it. Uh. Sure. Yeah. The, when I was in college, uh, I became passionate about film and about filmmaking. I actually created a filmmaking department because they didn't have one where I was going to school. And that allowed me to, to spend a year doing a thesis, just uh, making a bunch of films. And uh I thought because people were becoming more aware of the, the environmental issues and anti-nuclear issues and so forth, I thought, you know, maybe a decade or two and, you know, humanity would be thriving. But boy, it, it was just getting worse and worse. And so I really dedicated myself to finding out what was in the way of humanity thriving. I had a lot of brilliant friends in college who were like electronics and engineering geeks. And I would sit around with them and what they kept telling me was, listen, Foster, one of these days, we're going to have a, an instantaneous global information delivery system. And I trusted these guys enough to go, okay, well, that would be pretty cool. We really need one of those. I'll tell you what, I will spend my time, since I'm not an engineer, I'll spend my time researching content that would be worthy of a delivery system like that. And I thought it'd be maybe 10, 20 years or something like that. It was 42 years before I had a, a diagnosis of the problem that felt sufficiently accurate and solutions that felt commensurate to the problems we were facing. And fortunately, by that time I had met Kimberly, we actually uh, met at a think tank and decided to do Thrive One together and then fell in love making the film. We were already you know, work partners while we were making the film. So that I'm thank God I didn't try to make this film before meeting her because I had no idea of the 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 depth that's needed of production and business management and direction and all that kind of stuff. Wow, that's fantastic. I didn't realize you guys just met during the the first yeah. one. That's great. Love so, story. <laughs> I mean, I really the, the second one was really, really good. I mean, I, I was really Really pleased with. I feel like this is the one that people can sit down with their family and friends, and especially now with everything that's going on, it yeah, really is the worry. it really is the the thing that people need to just sit down and watch the whole way through. I mean, I don't want to tell people what to do, but I mean, this is. I had I was a little bit hesitant, a little bit because of all the things that have been happening last while, hmm. and all the disappointments with uh, whatever, whether it's like uh, you know a movie sequel or this sequel or that, or or just things that come out that just seem like they're propagandized and I you guys did a brilliant job of just not involving any of that stuff like it was very very well done as far as like 
you talked about polit- uh, personal sovereignty and you got, you talked about politics without being political, you know, and you talked about the environment without making it sound like, uh, you know, right in the middle, right, right where we need to be. You know, we all want a clean environment and we all want free energy and all, but you really took the uh, polarization out of it. So I, I don't know how you did that, but I was just pleased the whole way through. And I, and I maybe I'm jaded because of, of of the last four or five, ten years of, of of propaganda, but it was great. No, there's nothing that we would rather hear, and that and we worked really hard on exactly that. You know, not just to make it nice, but to actually find you know what is the philosophical source, what's the approach that actually does transcend the political polarity, and you know you hear about all the. The oneness, the the new paradigm of oneness from the new age and the consciousness movements, and that's great. It's really important. It's vital. But unless you actually unpack that to where you can apply it in practical things, it's not going to solve these problems. And that and that's why we spent the time and the money on the visual effects to to lay out. We we like to say we like to call it Thrive Two, starring the unified field. Yeah. Because the the big breakthrough for us was, wow, all of these people who are being successful have a sufficient understanding of the unified field, whether it's the math, the physics, the geometry, or the music, that they are then applying those principles. Like with the free energy devices, they're all using the toroidal geometry. They They have to get the right materials. They have to get the right frequencies. Uh, of rotation of magnetic fields and all that type of stuff. When they get all those things right, all of a sudden the device becomes transcendent. Rather than, you know, the old means of accessing energy by exploding stuff or fissioning stuff or breaking stuff apart, uh, instead it's literally dancing with the universe. And when you get that dance right, the universe goes, all right, somebody gets it and just starts pouring out electricity or pouring out healing energy, or pouring out the insights that we need for expanding our consciousness, as long as we have created that still point, gone into resonance, and then don't try to violate the way the universe wants to work. Do you think this is new information, or do you think this is something that uh, was maybe lost or maybe suppressed? I think all of that. I I, I don't think it's new information. I, I think that there, my research has led me to believe that there are extraterrestrial species that have had this for, who knows, you know, a million years. It could, it could be. If they're traveling here from other solar systems, much less other galaxies, they, they not only understand this stuff, but they've survived long enough that I think that they must have transcended the, the political polarity enough not to blow themselves up with their technology. And I think that's where, right where we are right now is we're, we're in that critical point Bucky Fuller called it. We're in the race between utopia and oblivion. And, it, you know, it's not a done deal. We're, we're actually, you know, running toward that finish line right now. And our, out, our technologies outstrip our consciousness and our ability to resolve conflict and organize ourselves without this uh, whole myth of authority. That, um, and, you know, I think th- there's still evidence. There, there's a lot of evidence in the crop circles. There's a lot of evidence from uh, credible contactees, and there's a, a, you know, evidence in the Great Pyramid. <laughs> you go to the Great Pyramid, I don't know if you guys have been there, yeah. uh, and notice you got the Metatron on your 
on your wall, when you see those um, massive, you know, hundreds of tons stone blocks that nothing today could lift, much less place underground. Uh, and there's just no way that, that, that they did that with technologies that were primitive. And so that, that's a lot of confirmation. It's one of the things that has interested me so much, uh, along with Nassim and Adam Apollo and others that you know, uh, in ancient cultures, because the ancient cultures and the, the, the future civilizations represented by the, by the extraterrestrial phenomenon, both are kind of bookending the realizations of these new technologies that are coming out now. That's interesting because that's probably the, the the most interesting thing we noticed doing the show is we kind of started it without a real a real topic. We left it kind of open, you know. We we our tagline from the beginning has been with whoever we deem interesting, often on the fringe. And what we noticed a few years in is that there seems to be this intersection point between all of it, you know, the, the paranormal, the conspiracies, the spiritual, ancient the mysteries. healing, the ancient mysteries, the mega structures, the UFOs, and it all seems to be colliding on this, this central point. And Thrive 2 seemed to kind of bring that home for me in some ways that you're noticing the same thing with energy and healing and medicine and that same sort of. So let me ask you a question. Uh, the, the, with all the people that you've talked to and this pattern that you're noticing of how the, the overlap of these things, what do you think the common theme is from all the people you've talked to? Consciousness, I think. I mean, it's... it's Specifically trying to keep your com consciousness in like a love-based space. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, love has been the over overwhelming... Uh, Overarching answer to yeah. most problems. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful and really profound answer. And my working definition of love, I talk a little bit about it in Thrive too, but you know, I'm not talking about, you know, romantic crush kind of love, but like, what is this great love? The I from Aikido of merging with the energy of the universe. My working definition is, is the experience of alignment with the flow of the unified field. Because whether that's with your physical body, if you're aligned with your emotional flow, with your, the thoughts going through your mind, your relationships with other people, when you're in harmony with that, the experience is like, whoa, yeah, that's what everybody's looking for. And I, I think that's the experience of love that not only is there in common to human experience, but these devices, the medical devices and electrical devices in particular that are tapping this field, I would describe them as love-based devices not just like they were made with love, but no, they're actually representing that experience of creating the still point and then going into harmonic resonance, non-violation uh, with the energy of the field. And it turns out that, that such technologies are capable of everything we've dreamt of, of the healing, of access to electricity, of counter gravity. So to me, that's super good news for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do like the way towards the end where you, you, you made the analogy or, or you kept showing that, that, uh, this decentralization and even our, our social practice of resonance or whatever, it, it, it really can mimic the unified field. And, and it was good to see those examples constantly pointed out. Yeah. It not only can mimic it, in my opinion, it has to mimic it if we're going to survive as a species. That that's why 
that's the main thing that I'm researching these days uh, and will be the rest of my life. I'll be in this conversation about the non-aggression principle, about the liberty perspective, um, because I think that the, as, as Stefan Molyneux uh, says in the movie, we, we quote him saying, the main struggle for humanity is for a universal morality. And people don't stop to think about that. You know, there's not a, we're really at risk because of immoral behavior and the giant weapons and so forth that, uh, and technologies that are amplifying that right now. But people don't stop to think, okay, well, where does our morality come from? You know, back in ancient times, there wasn't any. It was just like whoever had the biggest club, <laughs> that, that was the, the source of the, the, the basis for decision-making. And then the, the church came along and actually, uh, to a great degree, has been the holder of morality through things like the Ten Commandments. Each of the major religions has their version uh, of, uh, of morality. But of course, there were many different religions, and they each one had their different interpretation of what God, God's message was. And they ended up you know, fighting with each other and creating the greatest um, mass murder in the history of humanity. So then comes along the state, you know, where now people, you either have your dictators or you've got your your um, your democracies or, or whatever. And so now morality is coming from the state. And hopefully you've got things like the Magna Carta and the direct Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and so forth that that are pretty good. I mean, they, well, those are major accomplishments for humanity. But the key, and, and we try to lay that out at the end of Thry 2, is we're not there yet because the state has been the only source of mass murder that has outstripped the church for sheer numbers of violence. So it's like, okay, well, then where are we going to get our, our morality from? And uh, Stefan Molyneux has written um, a, a book called Universally Preferable Behavior. Uh, and it is basically about a secular path to a universal morality. And the, that may sound very complicated and intellectual, and it is somewhat challenging to actually get there, but only because it's so simple that we miss it. You know, it's like fish don't talk about water. You know, we don't talk a lot about air unless there's something wrong with it. And in terms of morality, this non-aggression principle, which is basically says that no one is allowed to initiate force against anyone else except in true self-defense. Now, everybody says, well, uh, of course, that's the golden rule. That's the most simple, obvious thing. I agree with that. And then 95% of human beings on the planet turn right around and vote for their next ruler who's going to steal people's money against their will and then go out and do horrible things with it. And that's the, that's the state that we're in. So the non-aggression principle is the only thing that Kimberly and I have found that every human being that we've ever talked to anywhere on earth agrees to, at least for themselves. We haven't met a person yet who wants to be violated against their will. Now, there are people who want to be whipped and spanked and all that stuff, but if they want to, then it's not against their will. You know, it's more like some kind of sport or hobby or something like that. And that's not what we're talking about. But it, given that every single human being seems to agree they don't want to be violated against their will. Hey, maybe that's the basis for a universal human, universal morality that we've been missing. But the problem is if you, if you are rigorous about that, it leads very quickly and naturally 
to a stateless society where no one is ruling over anyone else. And people are so freaked out by that. It's probably their most radical notion on the planet right now, but also the simplest and the fairest, uh, the most just notion. So that's the conversation that I want to be in the rest of my life. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, do you find it slipping out of control a little bit in the last few years? I'm just on a more of a not government, like not state or religious violence, but I mean, I grew up realizing or thinking that, like you kind of mentioned when you were growing up, that all oh, everything's going to be fine from here on. The wars, everybody knows that wars are bad and we're going to be moving into sort of more of a, a peaceful humanity. And it, and it just hasn't really changed. And in some ways it's getting worse. I mean, the violence now, it, it seems like some people are okay with it. And, I, and I'm shocked that, that we're going back in some ways um, to that. Well, that's why we spent so much time trying to figure out and then explain the global domination agenda. Right. Because what's going on in the world, uh, you know, with the continuing wars and uh, poverty and starvation and pollution, uh, you know, much less the the whole police state takeover of virtually every country in the world, it makes no sense at all uh, unless you understand the global domination agenda. I mean, one of my main pet peeves these days is when I hear people saying, I just don't understand why they would do something like this. It's so incompetent. Why don't the government leaders do this or that or the other thing? Why don't the major corporations clean up the environment? It's like, no, wait, this is not incompetence. This is brilliance. This is shrewdness in a very dangerous scale. And once you have followed the money and uh, gone down the rabbit hole far enough to see that, oh, there actually is a relatively small group of people, but they've been at this for at least 200 years. Uh, and their goal all along has been like some poor imitation of a James Bond movie. You know, it's total global domination, but that's exactly what they want. Psychopaths spend their, their waking moments trying to uh, protect themselves from everything that they're afraid of. And it's never ending. So they have to build more and more wealth, more and more control, more and more domination over other people. And we've created political structures that actually promote the more psychopathic people who don't have the scruples uh, against lying and cheating and stealing and murdering. And so they rise to the top of these structures in all the major countries. And so we end up with this international cabal of bankers, politicians, the corporatocracy and so forth, who have come together literally in a conspiracy. They, they meet behind closed doors and there's the evidence is ample for anybody who's willing to confront it. And they plan the completion of the new world order, the one world government, whatever you want to call it. It's having total control over the world in the hands of those few people. And once you get that, then things like these locking down the entire world over a of a, of a medium level flu and destroying billions of people's lives and millions of businesses and having people going around afraid of, the, of each other. And, you know, children can't go to school and people are afraid of each other with the whole mass thing and so forth. None of that makes any sense until you realize that, oh, maybe if I look through the lens of global domination, this will make some sense. And then you start to follow the money and you realize, oh, okay, it's exactly the same people doing exactly the same fake money stuff, 
And then, you know, they've taken over the pharmaceuticals, they've taken over the media, they've taken over education, and it's all leading in the direction of trying to you know, get over the goal line to complete this one world government. And they've been failing in a lot of ways over the past few decades. They haven't gotten ships into us. They haven't, they're getting exposed with their fiat money and fractional reserve and all that kind of stuff. So now they're desperate. So now they're, they're, they figured, okay, well, we'll use this, we'll use health, which is what most people are afraid of, of course. And we'll use that to make everybody so afraid that we'll get everything we've been looking for. We'll get mandatory vaccines, economic collapse. We'll get uh, mar global martial law. Tracking. Specialist yeah. society. I mean, the list goes on and on. And now all of a sudden in the last six to nine months, they're that close to getting all of it. Yes, that's a great summary. Why do you think they've been failing over the last few decades? Is it the internet or is it? Yeah, it's the internet and people like you who are willing to, to actually have media that's dedicated to discovering and disseminating truth rather than selling a, a, a new drug or propagandizing a political party or a nation state and so forth. So fortunately, the, the alternative uh, truth media is growing so fast that, you know, there's people like Joe Rogan out there with, with, uh, with daily live audiences, you know, 10 times larger than any show on CNN. Uh, the mainstream media is not going to want you to know that, but it's people like yourselves who are drawing in people from all over the world to be in this quest for truth. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the, the one thing that might be a game breaker is, is the free energy. Like you, I liked how you, you showed a list of all the suppression, not all of it, many of the suppressions that we've, we all kind of know about. We talk about the T towns and Brown and the, all those other ones in the past decades. And then you, you actually go visit some people that have these like great stories of how they, they came about finding and funding these, these free energy devices. And then I thought, you know, if they could, I mean, this all there, if they wanted to solve global, the supposed global warming or the pollution or the hunger and all that, they just have to, you know, there's a reason why they're not doing it because it's there for the taking to use it in that way. And they're obviously not, they're just suppressing it and, and, uh, taxing everybody to get to, uh, you know, it's a control tax and control system. So yeah. Maybe talk about some of that, like especially that one in uh, in Africa. I think that uh, that was a, a fantastic uh, part of the movie. Uh, it's an incredible adventure, and the uh, when you have the opportunity, which more and more people will be having now, to stand next to a device which is elegant in its construction, has no moving parts, has, is putting off no pollution, makes no noise, is plugged into nothing and is putting out enough energy to run 300 homes in Africa, you know the toothpaste is out of the tube. <laughs> and, and, and with this kid who, uh, I don't think he went past seventh grade, but he's been in prayer all his life. He's a deeply spiritual person, and he got this profound guidance on how to, how to do electronics, how to do radio frequencies, actually how to do schematics and so forth. He got all this in prayer. And then when he finally created a device specifically in order to put it in rural medical clinics in Africa, where he saw people dying for lack of refrigeration of medicines, he thought, okay, maybe I can figure something out that would solve that problem. 
So this is the motivation of this teenage kid who goes, okay, well, I'm getting some guidance here. So all this stuff comes through and he spends a couple of years putting it all together and it works. And the you know, next thing that happens uh, is the government throws him in jail to try to get his knowledge and he won't give it to them. He says, listen, I'll share it with you. He said, Zimbabwe needs energy. We don't even have lights at night. We need the energy. But my message was from God through me for all God's children. So he said, I'll share it with you, but I'll, but it needs to be shared with the world because they wanted to, to basically uh, corral it into their own government and their military. And he said, no, that's not what it's for. So literally they tortured him for days trying to get this out. And he said, kill me if you have to, but I'm not giving it to you for those purposes. So they finally let him out. Um, and fortunately there's a new regime in Zimbabwe now where they, uh, where they're supportive of what he's doing. Wow. He has become friends with the president there. He has installed one of the devices at the president's farm. Uh, and so, and we've also made sure that that intellectual property is secured in, in multiple countries now. So the toothpaste is out of the tube. Wow, that's fantastic. And you guys were a part of that? Oh, yeah. They, um, I had seen a, a video about him on YouTube. Uh, and, you know, I've vetted hundreds of technologies. So I've got a pretty good nose for what's real and what's not. And I, when I watched it, I said, you know, I think this guy is for real. It took me two months to find him. Uh, it was my friend, Marshall Lefferts, who I think you've had on this yes, program. Yes, great. Yeah. Guy who tracked him down. Wow. Finally, you know, contacted him through LinkedIn and Facebook, got an answer from him. And uh, Kimberly and I had a, a, a Zoom call with him. And it was just this incredible conversation where he told us his story. And we told him about Thrive. He had gone and wa watched the movie. And he said, you know, he said, he said, there's only a couple of people that I have really trusted that I do trust in my life. But he said, I think I can trust you guys. If you come over here, I'll show you everything. So I, you know, within 10 days, I was on a plane with a, a security team and a camera crew. We went over there and spent almost three, one, three weeks and went through the, the, uh, the exciting and challenging adventures that we depict in Thrive 2. But the long and short of it is that, as he says, he says, I don't know where this energy comes from, but the bottom line is it just works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, I can just like throw this thing in my backyard and pipe in all my neighbors' houses to it and start charging them. <laughs> as, as soon as the devices are available, you know that he was. I mean, we were creating a business for him in the United States. We were helping him with his business over there. We had major funders line, lined up who just needed to vet the technology, and then everything would be available. And literally, he had a. He had one of the devices on, on, packed up on pallets, ready to send. We got him his visa, and then COVID hit. And wow. so he quarantined in Zimbabwe ever since it started. So Maybe it was that's why. All, since Thrive 2 came out, he's got orders from all over the world for devices. Uh, so now it's just a matter of completing the, uh, the business arrangements and getting him the funding that he needs to actually build these devices and also to... You know, we've got a bunch of major players in the energy field that we know and trust uh, who know that they started with oil and gas and nuclear and they they turned that stuff off. Then they went to, to wind and solar and geothermal and realized, OK, that's a little better, but it's not very efficient. Doesn't really work. 
but they've known, they've been following Nassim's work and following my work for 20 years. And so they'd known that this was coming. And so now they lined up, they have the infrastructure for manufacturing, distribution, the whole thing. So we'll be licensing to major players all over the world to take it and do it for their countries, their continents. Wow, that's great. Can that's we get a, fantastic. Can we get a coupon code or something when they come up? <laughs> What do you, what do you, what do you think the price point is on these on these things just like a ballpark? Um it depends on the size. Uh, you know, some people want a, a half a megawatt because they want to run a, a an entire community. Other people want a uh 50 kilowatt because they they want to to run, you know, some large houses or a factory or something like that. A mo- what most people want is a, a, like a 10 kilowatt or even a 5 kilowatt device that'll just now they can put it in their garage and and run their home. And so we're going to be bringing out a range of uh, of devices uh, with different power levels. And I, I I'm most enthusiastic myself about the the small ones where people can just put them in their homes, where there'll be you know countless uh, devices all over the world, and where nobody can centralize that that power. And does this pick up actual? you know, ether, whatever you want to call it, or is it radio waves? Like, is it manufactured uh, technology that's already out there that's, that it's picking up like, or human made, or is Um, it just picking up the natural? That's one of the first things that my engineer Nils, uh, you saw in the movie, that the first thing we had him measure for was to make sure that there was no static energy or ambient radio frequencies or anything that it was running. And, you know, we were out in the middle of nowhere. It was, so it was a very clean setting for vetting. Uh, but of course there are radio frequencies, uh, throughout the cosmos and you know not just human made radio, but just those frequencies are, are everywhere. And what he seems to have been able to do, and I, I don't fully understand how it works myself yet. He, he has not shown me the entire intellectual property, uh, but he's shown me parts of the device that other people haven't seen. And part of, part of it, he's allowed me to speak about. One of them is that the there is a, a, a board in there. Uh, there's coils and there's electronic circuit boards and uh, transformers and all this stuff. But the, the key, uh, one of the key things is that there's a board with a bunch of copper bars in different lengths. And it looks like a xylophone. It looks like you could, you could actually play the frequencies. And I, I said, well, is that a part of how you put together, you know, a, like a chord of frequencies? And he said, that's absolutely right. The same thing that this guy, Dr. Todd Ovakaitis, is way that we also feature in the movie, who's found a way to activate our own dormant stem cells and just getting healing beyond practically anything I've seen. They're doing the same thing. They've each found a chord of frequencies that condition either biology or uh, or electronic technology in such a way that it it just it taps the energy of the field. And these dormant stem cells come alive and they'll just go around healing everything. And in his case, uh, you, you need batteries in his device still, but the batteries never lose their charge. Can't you hook them together and do like a two for one with the built-in, you got the power source with the built-in healthinator? Ah, that's a great idea. Uh, I actually haven't heard that before. But there is, there, we are working with three of the, the, uh, Nassim and Dr. Todd, who I just mentioned, and uh, oh, Dr. Robert Young, who we also feature in the movie, who's been curing so many people of cancer. The three of them are working together now uh, on a um, 
on some supplements that combine the physics and the 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 medicine and the the frequencies but i haven't thought of putting the healing together with the the actual energy technology so keep going on that and let me know what you what you come up with there well if i have it in my basement it might as well be keeping me healthy at the same time you know like preventative and then so this thing i can throw in my truck and take when i go camping too it sounds like depending on the size yeah i mean he's uh, the first one he ever built was, I think, a 1,200 watt device, you know, just on his workbench. Uh, and he's working on a miniature one now to power a cell phone. So it's very scalable up and down. Wow. And yeah. mind you, this is only one of four devices that I've seen that are creating this effect, and they all four have different approaches. Yeah, the other one I remember uh, was the Tesla-style one with the tower, and it, and people carrying around antennas or driving around with antennas, which could take the... Uh, yeah, the, that's not actually a, an energy generation device, but that's an energy transmission right. device. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you have one of these like Maxwell that generates it, you can either put it into a local grid or, or just... I uh, just literally put an antenna in the ground next to the device and then send it out through this uh, patented technology that Zenic Power has down in Texas uh, and literally send it anywhere in the world. Wow. But yeah, there's, an, there's another access device that we we filmed it, we edited it, but, but it, it was premature to put it in the movie. I can't talk about the location yet, but it's a it's just a, a system of coils that is predictably in a, the toroidal coils in a in a predictable geometry that while well, you start with a battery and then you take the battery off and it focuses 20,000 volts in the core of this device uh, you have to actually have it under uh, in in, li in liquid in uh, transformer oil so that it doesn't spark but it also has no moving parts and they've got it up over 200 kilowatts already so that would probably run a cruise ship that's just what we need. <laughs> it, they, it could absolutely, and also the the one down in Texas, uh, the the one of the ones they're working on is an antenna for a cruise ship, so that you can just be picking it picking it up right out of the air. That's perfect. We've been batting around the idea of buying a cruise ship since they're they're all being decommissioned and going out of business now, and just getting out of getting hitting the seas and getting out of here. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You can get out there beyond the national boundaries and you can actually be a, you know, a, a sovereign community. That's it. Yeah, we'll have a fleet of boats and we'll just be the love boat cruising around, living the dream. So I, it's interesting to hear about the copper bars like the xylophone because it makes me think of that device that Ed Leedskalnin used to have down at Coral Castle there. You know, there was no plans for it, but the pictures, it kind of looked like that. As soon as you said that, I thought of that wow. circular device with the copper he had. Oh, absolutely. I, I think he's one of the guys who figured out frequencies. Um, and I think, you know, in the Egyptian pyramids, the, they they have places underground there with uh, these huge granite chambers um, that could only be have, have been lifted down in through that tunnel. And they they must have had something that not only would lift vast weights, but also um, probably turn it into some sort of plasma because the surfaces are so smooth and they they're they're put together with a precision that we don't even have right now. So 
But I don't think they could have done that. Certainly not with, uh, you know, copper Stone Age tools. Uh, they must have been able to turn it into a plasma and then just put it together, you know, lift, lift it, move it, put it together, and then let it uh, harden again. And I think that Lee Scallon was one of the guys who knew how to do some of that. Oh, that's interesting. And then, and then, uh, and then finally, we got a sneak peek into Nassim's work, which was great. Well, just to, before you go there, yeah, yeah. you know, what's interesting is Ed had that thing on the pole there too, that had the little like house looking thing. There's like a th- he had a pole too. He had a pole in the ground, and he had that copper ring thing. Right. Exactly. They're tapping. They're they're tapping it from space, but they're also tapping the the Earth energy. Interesting. Yeah, this was the first time uh, that N- Nassim really allowed cameras into the the resonator room there. And as you can see, I mean, it is such a beautiful thing. I mean, he and I were working together uh, 20 years ago when when and we created the first one of those when we were working together. And I got to see its effects. You know, you were talking about having the one of these devices together with a healing device in your basement. The Sims resonator is a healing device. He mentions there's one phrase where he mentions in the movie that not only would it be generating energy, anti-gravity, but it would also be keeping us healthy. And I, I personally did a bunch of tests with plants and cut flowers with water that was put in the room with the very first resonator that, that we built. Uh, and plants would grow twice as fast and cut flowers would literally that where one flower that cut off the same plant at the same time, one of them would be gone in three days and the other one would last two to three weeks. Wow. Uh, some of the experiments I've seen my buddy do, my buddies do with now that like pot's legal here. So everyone's growing weed like crazy. And it's like, I've got a couple pictures from people who would take one plant and they're like really nice to it. And they say nice things to it. And they're giving them the same amount of water and everything, but one plant's getting, you know, called names and stuff. And the other one's being nice to it. And after like six weeks, there's like an, a noticeable an amazingly difference. noticeable difference, like three, four times the growth on the plant that gets love. Yeah, it's just like a marriage. You know, it, it, your, your health depends a lot on, on how you're treating yourself and how you're getting treated. Yeah. So maybe we could transition to the healing stuff a little bit, because that's a very important part of the movie, too, especially with the, the medical paradigm that's happening right now and this big pharma push to, you know, vaccinate and to over this, over this mild, like you said, a medium, medium type flu. Um, talk about some of the healing, the healing stuff. I mean, that was a, the, one of my favorite parts of the movie as well. Well, it's the same basic concept. And this is one of the reasons why we made the film is we want to inspire young people, particularly all over the world to just be aware of the existence and the power of the unified field so that people can use their own brilliant. I mean, two of the inventors in Thrive that we feature in, well, one of them was in Thrive too. One of them was the one that we, we edited, but don't have in yet. They were both inspired to do their invention by seeing Thrive One. Wow. See more of that uh, all over the planet. And in terms of the healers, I remember sitting down with Dr. Todd Ovakaitis because uh, I've, I've known him for 20 years. And when I first met him, he was in the process. He was doing experiments with fa- what he calls phase conjugate lasers, where he was literally measuring the existence and the nature and the movement of the field. And uh, I said, well, to what end? Why are you doing that? And he said, because I think if I found the right quarter frequencies, I could 
wake up uh, these what's called V cells, our own dormant stem cells that are floating around in our, in our blood by the trillions all the time. And literally about 15 years later, I get a call from him one day saying, hey, Foster, I did it. <laughs> and I said, did what? And he said, remember that thing I told you about? He said, I figured that out. So I went down to San Diego where he lives and I met with him and he showed me what, what he was doing. And I, so, and then we went out to lunch and I said, okay, I don't want you to have to shoot me, but tell me how the heck you did this. So he literally got out a napkin and a pen and drew on the napkin. He, he said, okay, so I get a wave going this direction and then I get a similar wave going the opposite direction. And when I get them right in phase, it creates a zero point. It creates a point of stillness. He said, it's not empty of energy. It's that the energy is precisely balanced. And what happens when you do that is that point of balance acts like a straw and it accesses the, the healing energy of the field. And I think they, Todd agrees with this, but we haven't been able to prove it yet that you know sometimes when somebody is in stage four cancer and they have some deeply spiritual event or they're in meditation or they're with some great healer or something like that and all of a sudden something happens and they go into remission i think that they're accessing a field of uh, a harmonious aspect of the field in such a way that it affects their sick cells and heals them and todd agrees with that that's one of the reasons why he wanted to do this because that's the anomaly that shows that it's possible and, and he thinks that he found the chord of frequencies that allows us to help ourselves with the technology that can, I, we, I mean, we've watched it. I, I can't make, you know, uh, specific claims, but we've watched it with our friends go in and just heal so many injuries, diseases. I mean, for myself, my, my vision improved 30%. My strength in the gym improved 33%. It's just uncanny stuff that is going to be, and it's a it's a hint of the future. So that's one of them. And then I'll mention also briefly the this Dr. Robert Young. Uh, again, field effects where he he got in trouble because uh, the FDA didn't like that. You know, out of three hundred and twenty four people, over ninety percent of them were cured of things like cancer, chronic fatigue, that that type of stuff. And you know that undermines their market in a hurry. So they found. Uh, false uh, means they they put false charges against him and imprisoned him for for quite a while and then they and then he got out and then they did it again and fined him 110 million dollars uh, so they're they're really trying to stop him but the bottom line is he says I'm not curing people he said I have developed protocols and supplements by which people are healing themselves and it's so it's lifestyle and supplements and basically what he what he does is he's discovered that whereas traditional doctors test your blood after it's dead, uh, what he does is he tests the live blood under a microscope in order to see the what he calls the interstitium, which is the, the largest organ in our body is actually the interstitium. And it's the, the, the field of liquid that surrounds our arteries and veins and so forth. So it's the field that's affecting our cells. You know, these little toroidal blood cells that are going around keeping you alive all the time, if they stop being toroidal, if they start to collapse 
or if they start to bunch together, not only will it plug up your arteries, it'll start causing, you know, liver problems and, and uh, prostate problems and, and, you know, spleen and, and gallbladder, and your heart problems. All that stuff comes from having the chemistry of the interstitium out of balance. It's usually too acidic because uh, your, your blood cells will start trying to balance the pH in your blood and they'll start pulling from your bones or they'll start pulling from your organs and so forth because you have to maintain temperature and you have to maintain pH in order to stay alive. And Young has basically worked on this for 30 years and found the lifestyle secrets and the supplements, particularly certain types of salt minerals and certain types of greens that if you mind this diet, take these supplements, and also mind how you think, how you uh, how you treat people, you know, keep your stress in order, then it will turn around virtually everything that we, every disease that we've seen. And, and it even happened for Kimberly, as she talks about in the film, she was in trouble and she didn't even know it. And she leads a very healthy lifestyle, but what, but she exercises at least once a day. Um, and she never knew about replenishing her salt, her salts. So basically she was starving the salts from her cells. And once, once he could show her that in her blood, he, she started in on his protocols, which she's still in, in, you know, 18 months later, she's still doing those protocols and her blood is pristine now. Wow. That's a fantastic description. Do you anticipate, because like you mentioned, the, I, I've always said that the oil companies were going to kind of transition into the new energy companies because they were uniquely positioned with infrastructure and a ton of money and R&D facilities to kind of buy up the competition and eventually, you know, be, I just, I feel like you're less likely to stir up trouble from the oil companies than you are from the pharmaceutical companies in 2020. And I'm wondering if the new like dip into health has gotten more pushback. Yeah, are you you saying more pushback from the health or from the from the, the uh, health? Do you well, yeah? Is it, do you do you find more pushback from the energy sector or from the health sector? Well, I I see it more from the health sector because there's more breakthroughs going on in health than in energy, uh, and there's we mentioned briefly in Thrive too that in the last three years, there have been close to a hundred suspicious deaths uh, of holistic doctors. And 77 of them were working specifically on either uh, holistic uh, treatments uh, for cancers or on the autism vaccine connection. And uh, we've actually had our security team uh, do a major investigation behind these and unfortunately, it's very real. The assassinations, uh, you know, we've, we've tracked them back uh, to far enough to know uh, in general, you know, what's behind this. And it's exactly what you mentioned. The pharmaceuticals have been taking people out in order to, to, uh, to try to keep us addicted to their drugs and to depopulate and all the stuff that COVID is, is furthering right now. So that, that, that's still very brutal. And you can see by the censorship right now on the internet of any truth that comes out about autism, about vaccines, any of this stuff. I mean, they're so blatant right now that they they won't literally these big social media companies won't allow any information out that doesn't come from the WHO or the CDC. So if that isn't blatant confirmation of what I'm talking about, I don't know what is. 
But in terms of the energy, you know, there's fewer successful energy inventors, but, and they're getting smarter about not going for patents. That's usually when they get gagged or, or threatened and get their stuff stolen. So they're, they're going more independent now. But unfortunately, the, one of the, the top half dozen devices that I knew of, uh, the inventor was a, a Ukrainian guy, no, uh, from Kazakhstan, living in South Korea. Uh, it was something called infinity.save. You can look it up uh, on the internet. And they had a beautiful magnetic motor putting out uh, about 10 kilowatts, and they started marketing it for $30,000 about two months ago. And when I saw that, I thought, wow, you know, either we've actually crossed over or those guys are going to be in trouble. And you know, a few days later, somebody sent me a, a, a thing from the internet where there was a picture of the ministry the Minister of Health and I'm mean, the Minister of Science and Technology for South Korea had visited the lab, and there's a picture of him, you know, with his arm around the inventor, and this is going to change energy in South Korea and so forth. Well, a week later, the inventor was sleeping in his lab with the technology to protect it, and the whole thing exploded, and the the guy was killed, and the the technology was destroyed, and of course now they're blaming the the engineer himself. The technology. One of the most sophisticated engineers on the on the face of the planet somehow must have been charging a battery wrong, and it was and it blew up. So it, it's obvious what happened there, and uh, so I think that that's reminded inventors to be more careful about it. And the good news is that uh, one of the team did survive, and a another uh, another device of that technology was in a different place. Uh, and that is in the process of being uh, secured. But there's no, it's, it's still very real. The vested interest in the trillions of dollars vested into health and into uh, energy suppression um, is it's just so vast that it's in one of those unfortunate situations where the powers that be will do anything in their powers to stop the change of the paradigm. Yeah. Well, once you have entire nation states, like it's the backbone of multiple nations. I mean, you've got nations that'll go to war over it, probably. Yeah. Well, that the, what I try to remind people of is that yes, it's nation states, but nation states is not where the action is anymore. Uh, nation states are just kind of an enforcement arm. They're a management tool for the international, you know, call them Illuminati, call them cabal, whatever you want. Those people who are going for the new world order right now, they are, boundaries make no difference to them. They, they are multinational and the, the real conflict that, that is emerging right now is not, as I say this in Thrive too, uh, it's not between nation states, it's not between genders or classes or races or ages. The real battle is between those of us who want to be free and those who would continue to try to steal our freedom from us. So did you guys ever have to look into the Keshi, Keshi energy at all or the Keshi um, machines? Did you, I think, uh, is, I, that, is that the right way to say it? I never met him or, or personally vetted the device. I did have one of our engineers get one of the device. Uh, actually, there's three different engineers I knew who got the device uh, and were testing it. And um, they, their conclusion uh, was that it did not do what it said. It yeah, does yeah. 
things, but it was a, not a reliable energy source, at yeah. least not. Yeah, that's what we found. I have a couple of friends that were trying it and it went around for a few years ago. Everybody was all excited about it. And it was going around, you know, free, like it was getting shared everywhere. Like you would hope for a real free energy device and it just didn't pan out. None of my friends could get it working. So, yeah, one of our engineers uh, went over uh, to the Middle East for a demonstration where Kesha had uh, had promised the demonstration of the device. And he got there and he was there for days, you know, it was hype and hype. And then finally it came time for the demonstration and they canceled it. So he, uh, you know, if they had it, I think they would have shown it. So I think uh, my best interpretation is that it's still in process. And unfortunately, they're not careful about the difference between uh, hype and actual results yet. Yeah. And and it's worrisome because you could that could be a way that... uh the deep state or the whoever you, whoever's controlling this could track all these people that are interested in it. You know, everybody's signing up for their. Yeah. uh, And also when someone comes out and makes premature promises that, and can't follow through, it sort of uh, undermines the rest of the field. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you guys handle the the whole COVID thing? I mean, it seemed that this happened during the almost, uh, you must've been wrapping it up or close to, or I'm not sure where you were at in your filmmaking, but that must have thrown a bit of a wrench in it, but I know you address you addressed it well in the film. You know, it was, but I was one unsure how much you would have to go into it or or how much you addressed it. But in in some ways, I think the way you portrayed it, which was good, is that here here's what's happening. This is an example of of what's happening right now. So fortunate, guys! It was amazing. We uh, the the opening scene of the movie uh, where I'm in the redwoods, and the closing scene where Kimberly and I are on the beach. We filmed here in Northern California uh, a week before the shutdown. And oh, those, wow. the la- those were the last scenes that we needed. Uh, and so fortunately, we had everything we needed and we could just be uh, editing for, you know, for all through all through these months. And we could go back in and get stock footage uh, of COVID type material and we could redo some of the dialogue to uh, to cover it because you know, people don't pay much attention to anything that isn't COVID related right now. So we were very fortunate to be able to integrate it into what we were saying. And the fact that we didn't have to change anything else just shows how predictive, uh, when you understand the global domination agenda, the, what they're doing with COVID is not a surprise at all. In fact, in Thrive One, we have one collage during the, the global domination agenda chapter where I say, this is what the depopulation agenda looks like today. And it has chemtrails and GMO and so forth, but it also has man-made pandemics, uh, excessive irradiation and mandatory vaccine. So people are going like, well, how did you know that? Did you, are, is this intuition? Did you guess? It's like, no, you know, once you understand what they're doing, this is simply one of the tools that they've been planning to use for a long time. Yeah, it's out there in the open, really. If you look just uh, just under the surface, it's they're pretty overt about it. So, That's right. I, I'm I'm in the midst of a. I've been studying it hours a day for the last seven months, and uh, I'm just about to put out a major paper in a few weeks, and I'll be doing a show on it uh, in my what I call my Freedom Portal, and uh, in, in the in next month uh, in November. But I, I haven't really spoken a lot about it publicly yet. I wanted to make sure I really had all the data and evidence 
in order, but I've gone deep enough down the rabbit hole now that that the thing just makes sense to me. So I, I'm I'm ready to present it. That's great. Is that like specifically COVID? You mean or yeah? All right. Well, if we sign up to the newsletter, will we get access to that update? Yeah, the uh, we, we have got a newsletter that, that just goes out to our whole network on the email list. And then uh, we have this thing, which we just opened last Saturday called the Freedom Portal with Foster Gamble. And that's a subscription. Uh, and for 10 bucks a month, uh, you can be part of these essentially weekly shows uh, that are more intimate. Um because it, it's really the people that, that are serious about this stuff and are not just in there to troll or whatever. And so we'll be doing, I'll be doing presentations with Q&A. Then I'll be doing shows that are just two hours of Q&A, uh, where not only do people ask me anything they want, and sometimes Kimberly as well, but I also, I'll be asking the, the subscription group really provocative questions. Uh, like, so to what is your fundamental loyalty? And uh, do you have any excuse for initiating coercion against other people? These questions that I consider critical that most people haven't asked themselves. So that's the second part is we do a Q&A both ways through the portal. And then finally, uh, like you're doing, I'll, I'll, I'll bring bringing on cutting edge thinkers in all different sectors and having conversations with them about kind of the topic of the month that we're going deep dive into. That's great. Uh, is there anything that we left out or that you want to, that we might've forgotten or Darren, do you have any other questions as well? No, it's been fine. No, I just recommend that if this is of interest to people that you go to thriveon.com. That's our new, our new website. And you, you can find everything there. We we've got not only the thrive one and thrive two, we've got our trailer and we just uh, launched a new teaser just a few days ago. And uh, that is mostly focused on the energy aspect that, uh, that makes a, 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 it's literally a minute and 15 seconds, and you can share it with your network very quickly that uh, that allows people to be immersed in the excitement of what's coming through in a very user-friendly way. And yeah, if this uh, is of interest to you, uh, get, you know, sign up on the, the website so you get our, our newsletter and our public events. And then if, if you really want to be engaged in the conversation and take action, Sign up for the subscription, and then in a few weeks, we'll be launching what we call the Solutions Hub that I mentioned earlier, where we've developed an infrastructure that's proven super effective all over the world in GMOs and glyphosate and energy devices and so forth for various activist groups to collaborate either locally or virtually by, uh, by issue and topic. That's fantastic. I mean, even if it's just fighting your local um, water, your local city about putting fluoride in the water or whatever, maybe we can share what we've all learned uh, from th from that type of stuff. That's exactly the purpose of the whole thing, and it's proven super effective. That's great. So the other thing I want to mention is, uh, like I said, this is something that people could just sit down with the family, family and friends, like watch it, watch it with everybody. Um, you do. There will be a gift uh, a gift uh, option on here where you can gift it to people as well coming up uh, yeah we've got it back from our uh from our developer crew and uh our webmaster has been uh testing it and uh it's it's solid but it's got a few little kinks in it that we're working out and uh, the estimate i got from the team yesterday was that probably in about three weeks uh, and we'll we'll do a whole um promotion of that because it's going to be uh 
so many people have been asking, how can I give this to my to my friends? And uh, so I think I, I shouldn't even say because it might not be accurate, but I think it'll be that you can gift as many as you want over the internet to your friends at a 30% discount. Oh, that's great. Yeah. People have signed up literally for thousands of dollars already saying, okay, here, here's my, here's my list. Tell me when it's ready. I'm just sending it out to my friends. Cause it is a very shareable movie that our greatest uh, honor is when somebody shares it with their friends. Cause that means they trust you. Yeah. And we really look to make the film, you know, we go into some challenging information, but it's not in panic mode. It's not the sky's falling and, you know, we're hopeless. It's like, no, here's what's happening. Human Humanity is making significant progress, but we need to keep going. And here's here's the great news that we see that's coming out. So it actually, believe it or not, it's a, a lot of families and a lot of communities are just, it's only been out three weeks and a lot of people are, are gathering their families and communities and schools and so forth and sitting down because you, you get educated in a hurry and then the discussions that come after are really rewarding. Yeah. Do you guys have a box set available yet? <laughs> yeah, they we do have uh, D- DVDs that are available. Uh, there's discounts if you get 10 or 30 or 100. The DVDs just came through a few days ago, so they are available now on our website. Fantastic. Well, I really love the film, and we really love to chat with you. It's been great. It's been great meeting you finally. And we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on all your stuff, and we'll talk about it on the show for sure. It's it's something very important. I mean, it really really resonated with me. Pardon the pun. Ah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I can't wait for Thrive Three. <laughs> Kimberly and I joke that it's the only topic that's taboo about around our house is don't mention Thrive Three. <laughs> you know what? You could call it. Uh, you could call it Thrive. <laughs> you could call it Thrive. That's a bad joke. Okay, that's good enough. Actually, interesting that you say that. The uh, number of people um, are starting to show it in old drive-in movies. Oh, that's and, great! And they're calling them drive-ins now. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's great. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks a lot. It's an honor to get to to speak with you guys and to share this with your network. Excellent. Thanks, Foster. Come back anytime. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And that was a chat. Uh, the one and only Foster Gamble uh, Thrive like I said one of those movies that me and you were watching before we started podcasting what do you think buddy? That was fantastic chat yep it was great nice so open to all this stuff very knowledgeable too he he just he he lays it all out even the healing part you know lays it all out so I could actually visualize what he's talking about with the V cells and the and the uh, that fluid around your blood and how it extracts from your bones, like oh man, it's inspiring. Yeah, and the movie is super visual too. It helps kind of walk you through a bunch of that stuff. It's like two and a half hours long. I, I think the first one's there too. I mean, the first one is probably all over the place by this point. I yeah, would say. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's about. definitely worth watching both of them. And yeah, big thanks to Foster for coming on the show and for making the movie. And big thanks to you guys for listening. If you liked it, you guys got to support the show, get some value from the show. You got to support the show. It's like you got to buy their movie and stuff like that so that they can keep making more movies and keep doing the great work they're doing. We like to do great work like that too, but need more supporters first. Go America.ca slash support. Yep. Spiel. Thriveon.com. Thrive yeah. on. Help us thrive on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Remember that Scott Adams thing? Because we got to put because in it, right? Because we thrive. Support the show because because we need a new cord. What happened to the audio? I don't know. The, the cord, the cords are breaking down as we as speak. we speak. As this we speak. fuzzy. We're like driving over this one with the chairs constantly. I'm sure that's not helping. <laughs> we need <laughs> we need a better setup. But you know, you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. I had it all set up nice, but we just sort of tore it down quickly. Yeah. That was inspiring. It was an inspiring movie, inspiring chat. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm inspired. Yeah, that'd be a little one to put all together. Is listen to that one and the Adam Apollo one, and then a Seam Harrowman one, and you oh. could really go down a little rabbit hole there. Special efforts too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice little uh, amalgamation of shows. Anyway, I, I'm hoping that's just the headphones that are cutting out. Is that just my headphones? No, doing it's that? mine too, too. So it's more than the headphones if we're both hearing it. It was happening through the show, too, a little bit. Yeah, I know. I might have fixed it. We'll see. I think it's from driving over the core with the chair. Go America.ca slash support. We'll probably need a new court again. Uh, and, you know, all that other stuff, too, because uh, newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. We're subscribe almost got 1,000 newsletters. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah. Subscribe on iTunes. Review the show. Share the show. Tell your friends about this motherfucker. Uh, you can get some swag and some masks and some T-shirts. Go America.ca slash swag. You can any, find, any donation will get you the black budget feed. Or right? even just asking nicely. Ask, ask nicely. Or, yeah, but any yeah. donation automatically gets Every you. Every donation, you don't even have to ask. Even have to ask. It's yeah. just like, <clears throat> it's like, uh, no, you don't have to talk to anyone. No, it just happens. You donate, bang, you're in. Uh, there's a bunch of extra shows there. Like I say, you can just ask nicely if you want those too. There's some audio books in there. A bunch of great audio books. You can join the chats, grammarica.ca slash chats. I mean, if you just go to grammarica.ca, there's a little bar of stuff there, and it's got, like, everything, all the stuff. It's in the right show there. notes, too. It's in the show notes, too. Yeah. You can find the show notes on whatever podcast player you're using. Do all that shit. That'd be fabulous. Then go support, and we would love you forever. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Does anyone think about it or as few have publicly said? Central banks run government despite constitutions in the pledge. Doesn't matter who you vote for, the government still gets in based on lies, promises, and sin. Lincoln warned us of the enemy within and I quote from him. Money powers prey upon the nations in times of peace and conspire against it in times of adversity. It is more despotic than monarchy, more insolent than autocracy, more selfish than bureaucracy. I see in the near future a crisis approaching that unnerves me and causes me to tremble for the safety of my country. Corporations have been enthroned, an era of corruption will follow, and the money powers of the country will endeavor to prolong its reign by working upon the prejudice of the people and their need to borrow. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Protest. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Protest. Protest can be a powerful thing. Money backed by notes, corporations run governments and they sell us back zirconian and quartz. Diamonds trade on Wall Street, lobbyists own the ports, Capitol Hill, Whitehall and the courts. All sorts of red letter mail through your door. You throw them out but like banknotes, they just print more. So what's so federal about the Federal Reserve? Not even attached to the state yet wearing a title they don't deserve. 
Money is debt, the cartel prints what we earn. We're buried in credit cards like ashes in a urn. Like a mouse on a wheel chasing a cheddar check to pay your interest for your home. 25 years before you can call it your own. And even when I buy my groceries, I pay with plastic for so-called ease. A new catchphrase, enter your pin number please. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Protest. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Protest. Protest can be a powerful thing. Don't have the money today, that's okay. Put it on layaway. You pay back twice as much, but 12 months seems a long way away. So to save them for a rainy day. 34% annual payment rate or APR. You know it's too high, but you want that new car. Lost your job and suddenly walk in a fall. Your subprime mortgage is eating all your pennies from the penny jar. Cash is king, but off with his head. Replaced by credit instead. Debt is heavy as lead. Worry follows you to bed. Pretending like you're not home, you even stop answering the phone. Shoulders not big enough to bear the weight of debt alone. Three pounds over my overdraft, and that suddenly turned into 30. Banks crushing the little guy. Banks playing dirty. Hailstorm damage got you blue? Sunburn get you let down? Well, introducing the new Gem Trails. Gem Trails are a convenient new chemtrail that we plow through your sky to ensure you with the haziest and non-blue sky that you could have. Gem Trails. Choose from our variety of geo-engineered aerosols loaded with toxic chemicals. Some chemicals may include barium, strontium-90, aluminum, cadmium, zinc, viruses of all sorts and varieties, and chafe, which actually looks like snow but may actually be fibers coated with aluminum, desiccated blood cells, plastic, and paper. All chemtrails can be conveniently customized for your needs. Just ask our friend here, James Cruz. Gem Trails. James Cruz ordered the barium, strontium 90, and the chafe. And the chafe he chose was desecrated blood cells in plastic. Gem Trails. So I'm sitting in my backyard getting sunburned constantly. And I hear this ad come on the radio. Gem trails. Gem trails. And what they can do for you is amazing. For 33 payments of $333. Gem trails. No more sunburn. Thanks, gem trails. Gem trails. Thanks, gem trails. Gem trails. That's right, James. For 33 easy payments of $330, you too can have a hazy sky with zero sun and zero sunburn. With our brand new technology coming straight out of MIT, we fitted an airplane with nozzles and we can come to any area in the world and spray your backyard. Gem trails. Warning, warning, warning. Symptoms associated with chemtrails include aneurysms, strokes, heart attacks, and cancer. Gem trails. Other side effects may include irradiated breast milk, anal leakage, jock itch, runny nose, irregular vaginal discharge, glaucoma, heavy metal poisoning, lockjaw, and low sperm count. Persistent hacking, coughing, upper respiratory and intestinal distress, 
stress, pneumonia, extreme fatigue, disorientation, lethargy, dizziness, splitting headaches, elevated arthritis symptoms, nosebleeds, blah, 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 blah yada, yada, etc., etc., doctors, blah, 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 uh, death. If you want it, we spray it. So get your gem trails today. Call 1-900- Gray Sky, that's 1-900-GRAY-SKY, that's 1-900-W-E-F-U-C-K-E-D. Thanks, Jim Trails. <laughs> <laughs>